Some of you may already know that I've been advising Carve and working with the team for some time now. And this year, the team has come up with probably some of the most exciting developments to date. They've been working on representing the most fun parts of skiing in their system. They've developed three brand new metrics, progressive edging, early weight transfer, and one that measures the G-force in a turn. And that one, I have to say, I got to try it out this winter in Australia, and that is really fun. This new addition is going to be incredible for anyone who's looking to really push their skiing up a notch. Now, what's even more interesting for this year is the system now detects what terrain you're on and pulls that into your Ski IQ score. This is a huge change and a great upgrade because sometimes it would only really score well if you were skiing on perfectly groomed snow. Now it's going to accommodate and adjust whether you're skiing in steeper slopes, more chopped up snow or firmer snow. So this is a very big change that I think is massive kudos to the team to keep pushing and progressing the app even further. If you're the kind of skier that is looking for a tool to help push your technique that little bit further, then you should definitely check out what Carve can do. Use the code GELLIE15, that's G-E-L-L-I-E-1-5, to get 15% off for the next two weeks. If you want to find out the best information, I'm a firm believer in going right to the top. Find someone who is very good at what they do and ask them your questions. This episode is one where I do exactly that with former champion Eric Schlopey. Now, Eric was on the US ski team and was destined to be up there with the likes of Ted Ligarty, unfortunately had a really bad injury partway through his career. In this episode, however, you'll find out quite a lot of in-depth information from Eric on his ski boat setup, the way he approaches his training, and the top three drills he thinks will help you become a masterful skier. This podcast was actually recorded a couple of years ago when I got to sit down with Eric and a few friends over a beer. I took my phone out, hit record, as I thought this is too good an opportunity to pass up. I've cleaned up the audio so it's much easier to hear, so I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy this revisit from this podcast from the past. What I really love about this episode is I think it will inspire you to take a look at your own ski boot setup, as well as get out there and work on drills, as this is what nearly all the best do in order to get better. And speaking of which, if you want to get better and have access to the most extensive catalogue of video learning about skiing on the internet, please go over and check out bigpictureskiing.com. Podcast listeners get 20% off any subscription if they use the code PODCAST at checkout. So seriously, make the most of this winner and improve your skiing technique with Big Picture Skiing. So before we get to the... Yeah. Others that we tinkered with. Yeah. I, obviously, I'm going to leave the ski out of it just yeah. because that's a whole other thing. Okay. Um, so, binding and plate position. Yeah. So, literally millimeters. And then um, with the binding, you know, we'd move, we'd move maybe a centimeter forward or a centimeter back. Yep. And see if it was, if it's faster. And then we keep going till it wasn't faster and, yep. and then bring it back. So we might move by like centimeters. Yes. And till, then and, millimeters. And then millimeters backwards. Yeah. And find that sweet spot. And every ski and every skier is different. Yeah. So like you might have been, what did you find you? Was there a bit of well, a trend for you? So yeah, I'll tell you what the yeah. trend was, which is the next, the next, uh, layer up. Okay. So. What we found was the binding or plate position was pretty universal. All the guys that were on that ski found it to be faster. 
in this one, whether it's yeah, forward or back. Yeah, in that one okay. position, yeah. you know. So, so universal kind of agreement. Pretty, that was pretty much in, in agreement. Um, the next layer up was, um, of course, people don't realize how important bindings are to speed. Really? Every binding is different. And everyone's like, oh, it's just holding your foot in there. But it actually has a relationship with the ski and the skier. Okay. And so bindings... Um, Finding like you'll like even like for and you're some, not you're for not talking service. about even just are you talking about weight? No, just no. finding how it manufactures. Okay. Manufacturers. So yeah. like Christopherson right now is he's on Rossi skis, but he's using marker bindings. Yep, and that, that's for a reason. Yep, um, I guarantee that wasn't an easy process for him to be able to, to be yeah doing that. Yep. Um, so here's what I found with me. So you've got you've got three places to lift the heel or the toe. So you've got it under the binding. You've got your lifter plates. Yep. Then you've got your your boot. Boot plates. Boot plates. And then you have your boot board. Yep. So you've got the Yeah, that boot board. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got three different places. All of them make a different difference. Have different outcomes. People think, oh, if I'm just going to raise the heel by a centimeter – just do it in one of the, the easiest places. Yeah, yeah, but it's not that easy. Yeah. Okay. It could be one of the three. Yeah. Or a combination of the three. Okay. So I found one year uh, in 2001, I was on Nordica boots and atomic skis. No, sorry. Technica boots, atomic skis. Yep. And I raised under the binding, I actually raised my heel 12 millimeters above my toe. A lot of people are going the opposite way. Yeah, they, call it, they call it a gas pedal. Oh, yeah. I don't agree with that. I, and that's anat- that might be anatomical. But personally, my like, thought is, if you want to get forward, you raise your heels, your center of mass goes forward. Yep. The, the other opinion is that you raise your heels up and then your butt drops. Yeah. I found that it put me in a position that was really powerful. Do you ha- do you know if you have a longer torso or longer leg? I do. I do you have longer- a long torso? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to other people, who have long legs, shorter. Torso. I have, yeah. My in my wingspan, I'm five ten, but my wingspan is six two. Right. So normally it matches with your yeah with your height. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my long torso, I have long arms, long and a longer torso, spine. and shorter legs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, yeah, and that's maybe something I'd love to hear what you're finding out. Yeah. That. Yeah. So. That was a that, that was like a really big like you did that and you went band. oh yes this is it, so much better or what it, like it was more the t- faster I saw it on the times yeah because feel my son ski races and I t- and I'm like hey feel it's great to have touch too much feel can actually work against you because you might you might be fast like crazy fast and it feels like crap. Yeah. So one an example of that was the um, look had the art. It was called the RK plate, which was a like a metal plate, and it was like big and heavy, and it felt so bad, but it was so fast. Right. So I won the I won uh, the world championship bronze medal on the RK plate. Okay. And it didn't. It not, never felt good, but it was always really fast. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um. So then you've got you know you've got your lifters, and then you've got your boot board. 
Um, Can you give me an example of someone you knew that was gas pedaling and that they were faster with that? Do you know? The only people I've heard gas using the gas pedal are juniors. Junior, hey. junior racers. Now, I don't, you know, I've been out of World Cup for 12 years. Yeah. Um, I don't know that anybody used the gas pedal when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried going both ways and I just found, and I had an extreme uh, rise from heel to toe. Yeah. Um, but I guess, again, we're, we're talking here, everyone doing this, their goal is to just go faster. They may not necessarily feel more control or something. Yeah, I mean, like, you got to have the control, but it might feel sure. like yeah. rougher. Yeah, um, yeah. You just and sometimes you're going so fast that you're you're just like making it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so it doesn't feel good, but you're yeah. just everything's clean. Yeah, time. yeah. Okay. Um, and you know, I mean, you're on World Cup. It's injected ice, and yeah. you know, it's just, yeah. uh, it's hard to feel good. Okay. Um, so I interrupt you. You're so we've done the binding plate. Yep. Under the binding place where I found it. Um, And the other thing to I would say with that is that everything combines with the other thing. Yep. So whatever I had at the time, the skis, the bindings, the boot, that 12 millimeter uh, heel to toe ramp angle might not have worked on a different setup. Sure. So it's almost like on every setup, you've got to go can, through the process. You go through, yes. And you can go down the rabbit hole quickly. So yeah, but, no. I always tell people, get your control, your control setup. The, the, whatever setup you know to currently be your fastest setup. Yep. Try one variable at a time. Yeah. And then add another variable. You know, so you, you get faster through each iteration. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so then moving up on the boot, the, the boot board, and I see this, which I it was really cool. Um, what Eric is referring to here is a carbon insole made by inventor and sprint coach, Adarian Barr. I've been using these insoles for quite a while now, and I really like the effect they have. And you'll learn that what the, the carbon fiber insole is designed to do is something that Schlopey was trying to do via a adaptation or modification to his boot board. The, yeah, like the little the rocket it rocket. Yeah, kind so of what insult. I did what I did with my boot board was Harold Harb. He's yep. out of Colorado. I took my boot boards to it to him and we actually ra- took a router right down the yeah. center line. Yep. Of your foot. Of my foot. Yeah. And then laid in high density rubber. So it it actually did exactly this, but really? only did it one way. Yeah, so to, the, in, to the big toe side. To, yes, to yeah, the, yeah, to yeah, the yeah, inside yeah, edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as you initiate a turn, as you initiate a turn, the rubber, this is my right foot, a making a right-footed turn, yeah. compress a little bit, and then engage. Yeah. And what that did was, I always tell, tell people, when you have your, your setup, you want you're set up to feel like a dimmer switch as opposed to snacks, gentlemen, the lights switch yeah. on, off, on, yeah. off. Yeah. You want to be able to dim, get it bright, get it dim, yeah. right? Dim. Yeah. And that's what, that's what that did was allow that. Sorry, Sam, you put the, what, a strip of rubber here? Yeah. So we outside? routed, we routed it out. Yeah. So no, then, on the inside. 
Oh, so it made it squishy so, on the inside, but yes, not, but firm on the so outside. So we've lowered the inside along this. Yep. Yeah. This line, this longitudinal line. Yep. Yeah. And and then we laid in like I don't know if it was one mil or two mil of high density rubber, mm-hmm. and we we messed around with the rubber. Yeah. And like some rubber was too soft. Mm-hmm. Like you wanted it, you wanted it to be hard enough where you had to push on it to compress the rubber. Sure. So it wasn't like fitness room rubber. It yeah. was maybe a little less. Like it's like a high density foam. Yeah. Like a yeah. Thick foam. Yeah. yeah. Like thick foam. George and I went and feed with Harold in November. Yeah. Carol's I, I really like Carol. He's in, you know, he's a character. He's, he's definitely a, a ski industry uh um figure. Um all right, next thing next thing that we messed around with was really punching out the ankle bone on the medial side. Yeah. So Bo- Bodie and I actually and a couple other guys, no pain on the medial ankle bone. What's it called? The town, uh, the medial malleolus. Malleolus. Yeah. Yeah. Ma- malleolus. Yeah. Malleolus. Right yeah. Yeah. It's the malleolus. So yeah. No pain, but we blew it out. So you could get so your chin closer. No, no. Because so when you go into a turn, yeah, and do it the best I can with my hands. Yeah. But you want your foot and your ankle to articulate and push and tilt. Like pushed sideways, right? Yeah, so you yeah. get more uh, skeletal alignment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when your ankle is is straight and you go and you tip the ski over, everything's going down the center line and wants you and, exactly you know, it goes through the base buck. of the ski. Yeah. and flatten right. Yeah, and yeah. if you can get your malleole like that part of your ankle closer to, to the over, edge, then all of a sudden that pressure is coming down closer to the edge. Yeah, 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 not the base. Yeah, skeletal yeah. strength. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah the bones yeah, are so pushing. You, yeah. you, you didn't feel if you're coming through right through the turn on ice, mm-hmm. you didn't feel this the inside cuff kind of I mean, trying to what right. You wanted it to be going. You wanted drive right in. Yes. Yeah. You belt. want it to be going like this, yeah. as opposed to like like this. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That that's the, one of the recent things I've done through pain. But also realizing it feels better. Yeah. Yeah. Is like line it up. Yeah. Like I've got a pretty bony malleolus. Yeah. So the foot goes literally like like that in the boot. Yeah. And And now you can apply pressure. So it's going here as opposed to that like that. Yeah. 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 And this is cool. I mean, it, I, it's another way around the same problem, right? Same, same. Yeah. Like exactly. Except I don't know. What it would feel like to have that extra, it almost feels like it would make the ski like hook the uphill ski, like grab too much. But yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, there's something you'd have to, yeah, like, you'd have, have to feel. Yeah. It yeah. almost seems like a lot, you know, like the lock down in the middle, the whole length of it. The first, the first version of that I got, it was, it came with a strip of carbon that went there. Yeah. Cause he knew I was a skier and he's like, well, what, like, he he saw ski boots and he went. These things are not designed to help you get on the edge. They work against you. He's yeah. like, put this in. This will help give you a lever to to tip it over. Who and, is this guy? Uh, a Darian Bar. He's uh, like an athletics coach, sprint okay. coach, inventor. Um, I mean, it's great to 
to talk to people like that outside of skiing. Yeah. Because that was working the, with a blank canvas. Yep. Which exactly. I love. Yeah. yeah. He looks at it with fresh eyes and goes, yeah. And yeah, there's a few other things. I'm going to let you finish. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah so, we'll so, go. So, so you did that with the, yeah. the boot board, but did you, you didn't play fore and aft uh, like right. Yeah. Yeah. So we left it pretty. We, we were kind of forced to grind the heel down. To kind of compensate a bit for the well, no, tilt of, no no we because of rules yeah. so oh. we had a max a max boot height yep fifty millimeters fifty five whatever it was I can't remember but basically our boot boots had to comply with fist standards mm-hmm. and so they drop a little machine in there I mean yeah. guys were wearing footbeds inside their socks so when they took their feet out <laughs> the footbeds weren't in <laughs> yeah, the yeah okay yeah, but yeah. then they used to then they would start checking okay the feet. um. <laughs> So, I mean, it was everything, right? So then... And uh, how much did you have to drop? Drop to... Yeah, it was a cu- couple of mils. I mean, basically... Okay, not... Basically, yeah. we would drop it just to the point where our boot lifters, you know, yeah, when, they dropped, when they dropped sorry, the plum okay. in there, yeah. it, it was compliant. It was okay. Yeah. So we did that to just comply with the rules, and then I worked everything outside as far as the ramp angle. Yep. Um, and then... Uh, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, so I, my footbeds used to be a nothing but just molded to my feet, but no, po- no material. No material. Yeah. No yeah. posting. So literally, yeah. No zero. Posting. You could rock that thing. Like if it was on the table. Yeah. yeah. Back and forth. There's yeah. no zero posting. Yeah. And I actually cut, I liked mine three quarters. So I would, uh, I actually yeah. cut like. The, to- the toes were not, or, or the ball, the foot was not on the footbed. Yeah. So. No, just the toes. Just the toes. So just past, you know, where you the your foot head, turns the in heads. It turns into the toes. Toes. Yeah, yeah. I cut that and then I and then I would grind it down so it had like a smooth transition. Mm-hmm. And that allowed my toes to be able to move. So I liked a lot of room it just from here forward. Yeah. So part of that footbed cutting it was to just create Dude, room yeah be able yep. to let my toes move yeah i like to pull my toes up yeah so that that engages my interior tibialis yeah which gives you ankle yep. flexion which you know keeps you in the yeah on the front of the boot so Those toes also actually evert your foot too that they're, they're either like yeah so you can hold it there so sure it doesn't yeah pull yeah. your pull your pinky toe up yeah exactly yeah, yeah yeah so um and then what else um of course, we used to grind all of this out. So you could get your foot as close over. Like yeah, as- because when we have edge angles or here, the snow would grab grab this part of the boot and make, and you'd slide on the Yeah, boot. yeah. So we'd grind as much as we could without ruining the integrity of the boot. To help you with what he's describing here, basically if you took a boot on a table and tipped it sideways, there's a point at which the boot is going to touch the table as you're going for higher edge angles. So from the outside, they would grind plastic away so the boot could keep tipping further without what's called booting out. And and not from the inside, from the outside. You would, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah. You're, now you're just talking edge angle. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you can see where this, this, yeah, this hits the boot table out. like right there. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to get to there. Not a lot of that. You've got a binding plate and a ski, so it gets a yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah, but even so, this boot this boot is, boot is like a race boot without grinding. It would probably be here. Okay. And then yeah. after grinding, it's here. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So, um, you downsize a lot. No, I upsized. Oh, so I was street shoe. Ten. Well, now like ten and a half now, yeah. but at the time it was like ten. Yeah. One uh, size boot shell. So I, I raced a, a, for a long time with twenty five fives. Yeah. And then um, the Technica guys, Mike Curtis and Bart Tuttle. They had the for, the formula te- technical formula boot, which was that orange boot. Yep. And that was the boot that honestly, <laughs> Bodie was on it after they put they sized me because I was on a Nordica, but it was it was all messed up. They were like, "Here, try these," and it was one size bigger than what I was used to using. I went out and took two runs. I'm like, I'm, "Done, I'm in." Yeah, yeah. And so that particular boot, um, I was on it. Dane Spencer. Uh, Casey Puckett, uh, Bodie, mm-hmm. and a couple other guys, and we went from never scoring. You know, U.S. hadn't scored World Cup points in GS. Yeah, I mean, maybe a handful of points. Yeah, but um, certainly nobody was in the top ten. Two, like all of us were scoring World Cup points. You know, and then, and then I, I got. What do you think it was about this boot compared to like? It, it was Nordica. power transfer. I mean, my Nordica, plastic. my Nordica. So it's a longer story, but okay. the short story is I was making a comeback. Yeah. I didn't have any support from from any factory or the US ski team, so I was on my own. Yep. And my boots, nobody was really helping me with my boots. So I had what I had. Yeah. And then the Technica guys, so like, you know, at the time it was Mike Curtis, Bart Tuttle, they were like, hey, come into the trailer. We want to see, you know, just try this new boot out. And then it was like immediately... I, it was like immediately I had success. That's what put me on the. How insane is that? Like a boot. Yeah, I mean we oh, under, you, we understand point. now how important yeah. that is, but still, that's, that's taking it to another level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, do you still have those boots? Uh huh. Yeah. I do. do you still Not ski the, them? I do. Really? Yeah, if I go to like a, um, <laughs> like a, a invitation, fundraising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll race, bring them. Yeah. It's yeah. more nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. The Del- I'm on Dalbella now, and I love them. Yeah. Uh, they're like the most versatile boot. Do ever. you feel that? Is it? Yeah. The, so, the newer version. The newer version, the DRS 96. Because I used to be on Dalbello when they first. Yeah, they were that's pretty aggressive. Yeah, and yeah. Just, yeah, something. I do a lot of work. But, but the new ones are they're pretty nice. They're awesome, yeah. Okay. They're the ninety six DRS ninety six. So it's basically the store race boot. And do you yeah. what do you what flex do you scheme? The high the one forty. Yeah. Yeah. Like the uh like the uh don't they do them in soft well that's the, that's high. the race plug. Oh okay. You don't so do the you do the store. I do the store yep. Yep. because great. I want to be able to ski powder bumps. Yeah. Um get in gates, make carving turns, and it's the one forty and honestly it's very soft. For me. Okay. Yeah. Um, the plug boots in 92 or 93 last and um, not as comfortable. Yeah. And if, if I were racing, I would be on that. Yep. But I'm not. Yep. So I want to be able to do everything. Yep. Um, so the other thing is, too, yeah. I, look, I look at the, the characteristics of the plastic. And to me, this this is almost too reactive. At least this, this plastic is. Yeah. You see it just snap into place, and this is better over here. This is closer to what I want to see with this, the inner flap. Yeah, so you pull the flap, and then... You want to see it vibrate, and then slowly go back into its place. Right, not just... So apologies for not having video of this. This was was a last-minute decision to record. 
but so you know, if you had a pair of ski boots and you took the top part of the cuff where there's the overlap, one hand grab one side, the other hand grab the other side so you could slide your foot in, he's basically taking one side, pulling it away like you're pulling like the back a, a crossbow or like a catapult and then letting go and feeling the reactive qualities of the plastic. Does it snap back like really quickly or does it come back kind of uh, like not too fast or when it comes back, does it kind of vibrate slowly back into position? And so this Fisher boot he was feeling, one of the vacuum plastics, he felt it was too reactive so it would pull back and then snap back really fast and then not really vibrate and stop. It would just snap back and and just be there. So this was a really strange but really interesting test that he was doing that I've never seen anyone do before, but this is something he does, would grab with his boots and would feel it out, and he, and he likes a particular feel. Not yeah. return so fast to yeah. home position. Yeah, this that, is almost that, too, too reactive. Yeah. yeah. If I had another boot, I could show you. But the difference, snap, okay. I always kind of check the the reaction, yeah. the plastic. Do you think it's too responsive or too? I think this is too responsive. Like, like carbon that... fiber would be the same yeah. way, where it's just oh. like, wham. Okay. Like, it just like goes right into place. I want to see it like when I snap it, it vibrates and then takes like four or five seconds to go back into its its home. Yeah. Okay. And so, the, like so that, for example, the Dalbellos, you feel that. They have, that. yeah. I mean, again, it's we're talking, we're talking racing, you know, World Cup stuff. Yep. Um, That's a one fifty plug upper. Yeah. The lower is a one thirty pin. Yeah, and it's not, it's not the, it's not the, the stiffness of the plastic. Yeah, it's, it's the way it reacts characteristics when, I, of it. when I snap it. Okay. Yeah, and I would say, and personally, like, I mean, I'd have to ski in it, but I would prefer to see this boot take, you know, fibers. And how this did you get to, to, you know, like, why did you end up doing that rant? Like, I've never heard of anyone doing that test. This test? Yeah. I don't know. Did it's someone show you that things. test? After, or were you just like... No, no one showed it to me. I just, like, boots that I like, I, you know, play around with them. And yeah. And started snapping them just to see, like, what's the reaction? You know, I think at one the point Eric I had... snap a, test. Yeah. <laughs> I had a boot that... So Technica, they had that formula boot. And it was, it truly was maybe the best boot ever made. And, wow. but it had, a, it had a flaw. Yeah. And that it would crack right here. Yeah. The fish, like that fish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it would crack. And all the racers, you know, were always like plastic welding them and getting them fixed. And, and, and then Technica at the time, this was early 2000s, they were like, oh man, like we're going to, we want to fix that problem. So instead of creating a new mold, to try and fix the problem. They took the mold that was the best boot ever made and they changed that mold. Uh. <laughs> and then they gave us the new shells. Yeah. They were like a second and a half slower. Wow. Like going from top 10 in the World Cup to not qualifying. Yeah. Not and bad. so it was impossible to stay w- with that. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I have like, a couple. I gave a couple pair to some people that really wanted them, but I I have two shells left uh, of the original, and you can see they they both have the the crack. plastic welding on it. Yeah. Do you think you were still skiing all right with the crack? 
Well, I mean, it, it had it was too soft. If you didn't fix the crack, it would just keep going. Crack, okay. So yeah. we would drill out the crack. Yeah, yeah. Just to survive. Yeah. And then we'd go get a plastic weld, and then that would crack. So I mean, you know, yeah, just continually it, fixing. Yeah, it. yeah. But I mean, mm-hmm. who cares? You know, you can still still build new ones. Yeah. Now they can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So, um. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm sure there was other things, but that was. That's kind of the overview. What about like forward lean? Would you? Mm, were a lot of the race boots already set up pretty much? Pretty race good with boots that? were what they were. Yeah, yeah. So we would mess with like with shims. Shim, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that was spoilers. very personal. Yeah, probably um, more to do with your calf side. Yeah, and that sort of stuff. Yeah. What actually, what I did with um with those Technica boots, which nobody's done since, which I loved, was um. Instead of having a power strap, we took a rollerblade buckle and put it on the liner. So we'd buckle our boots, and then we just had a ratchet yep. rollerblade buckle yep. for the liner to cinch the liner down. Yep. Right. So it didn't change because of, with the power straps, and you get this was pre-booster, right? Yeah. So the power straps would go here, and it would actually lock you to the back of the boot. Yeah. So with just cinching the, the liner... liner then you had the freedom, yeah, to actually move yeah. in the cuff yeah. a little bit to adjust that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a certain amount? I mean, like we do in, in rec boots, certain amount of four up range of motion with the liner inside the plastic that you set based on the conditions, or do you just like do you crank the crap play? out of your buckles, or do you leave a little bit of play? Um, or is that I would say, I'd say a little bit of play, but very, yeah, yeah. very little. Yeah. yeah, but but not cinch. You like a little bit. Yeah, I didn't like yeah. to like cut yeah. my circulation off. Um, yeah. But you know, you see any racer skiing and they unbuckle their. I mean, to yeah. this day, I'm like, my boots have to be tight enough where I have to unbuckle them at the end of every run. Yeah, if I want to enjoy my run down. <laughs> so, <laughs> how do you go skiing bumps? How do I? How do I like like firstly rate yourself? Oh, like, skiing bumps. No, do you I, think I mean, you're a good bump? I'm skier? 50 now, so yeah. like I, I mean, unless they're really soft bumps, I don't love them. I would say when I was a junior, you know, in my teens yep. and 20s, um, I mean, of course, you got to give props to the, the World Cup guys, or the World Cup freestylers, but. I felt like I, from a racer standpoint, I was a very good bump skier. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of them not right because they're too edgy and. Yeah. Um, I mean, with the right skis and stuff. Yeah. I mean, now it's harder because um, back then all the skis were pretty narrow. Yeah. So now, like, if I'm out there on my kendos, they're 90 wide. Yeah. So I'm skiing like all mountain. I can carve on the groomers, I can get off piste. But you get in the bumps and, and now they're so wide, it's hard to have a quick edge. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I. It's not the feeling I want in bumps, but I'm not going to, like, have a pair of bump skis at this point. But the challenge now for rec skiers is that all the skis are so wide that their edge transfer in the bumps, it's impossible to be as quick as you can yeah. with, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah the bumps, the pro bump skiers or the Olympic bump skiers, you know, they're, yeah. they're like, 60th. Yeah. You know, really they're, they're narrower than a race ski. Yeah. And they have no side cut, so they just, yeah. you know, so quick. Yeah, edge to edge, and I'm sure that I would love to ski bumps on their skis. It's funny when because George was he got 
Yeah, we were looking. He was in the back oh, of the yeah? car. The ones. I brought him out today because we're yeah. They're, they're, but, uh, so ID ones are coming in. Makes just bump skis. And it, pretty some, much what all the world. No, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, no, okay. It's okay. Mike Page. Is yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And Nick. Yeah, which is that, his son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was surprised. I was looking at it and I was like, wow, it's like fifty-five or something. Yeah. It was like really narrow. Yeah. But, but if you yeah. want to ski bumps well, you got to have a quick. And then and then he said he got a message from Manny Kearney saying, "Look, tips are." Shorter poles, narrow skis. Yeah. That's all he's, you know, like, so. Exactly. So my poles are too long. My skis are too wide to ski bumps the way I want to. Yeah. But I live with it. Yeah. And yeah. Because you want to ski the pole mountain. Yeah. 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 So just make it work. And I still love to ski bumps. And, but, you know, I want it back in the 80s and early 90s. Like, I I could hammer bumps pretty good. So what? Minus the aerials. So, you know, the first time (laughs) I heard your, like, like your name referred to was like, in uh in like a ski drill a slopey drill yeah which is done wrong all around the world (laughs) okay tell tell me about that so maybe you can maybe you can i can write it yeah maybe we can write the the wrong drill or anybody can through your website you will correct from this conception yeah yeah of the slope so two things with the slope drill i gotta stand up okay but so the way everybody does it is like you know what a teapot is right yeah 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 so it's just like this that's a teapot yeah and it's almost getting outdated because now, you know, the racers are trying not to collapse their hip. They want to stay more square. Yeah. yeah. And so I've heard like, oh, the slopey drill is outdated. But I'm like, no, the slopey drill is not a hip, a hip angulation drill. This was absolutely fascinating to hear because through my instructor training over the years, this drill to me was taught as a hip angulation drill. And when you see a lot of people do it, this is what it looks like they're working on. So it's quite fascinating to hear from the person that, you know, the drill is named after is saying that people are actually getting this drill wrong. Uh It's an extension drill. Okay. So if you look at a shot putter, you know, they've got their shot here. Yeah. And they wind up. Into compression. When they extend, their power is coming from the legs, but the arm and the leg are following up. In sync. Yeah. 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 So... The slopey drill is an extension drill, and the way it used to be was yeah. you'd start with your arm here, and you'd start the turn, and you'd extend through the turn with your arm and your leg together. Uh-huh. Because most people are stagnant. Yeah, yeah, totally. Most people, you know, like Just a really good Just dump in, spear, with, but don't extend the leg, right? Yeah, they'll yeah. get lots of angles, yeah. but, they're, but they actually, if you watch them in slow-mo, you're like, totally. hey, that looks great. But you're going to literally make it two gates on a World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So you need to extend backstage. through the turn for that power or at least hold your ground. So the slopey drill is it's meant to have drill. an extension. Okay. I was talking to somebody. They're like, actually, you should do it with the outside arm. But I'm like, I, you know, I've got to try it. Yeah. But it feels like it would make you actually Rotate go more than, more yeah. than square. Yeah. But the slopey so drill. So with, with your inside arm, what would you do with it? And so a lot like of people up? just go up, yeah. but it's actually more like... Like into the center of the arc kind of thing? Yeah, center of the arc, but like I would say just like a little bit somewhere in between okay. up and parallel. So you're not inside, hill. right? but you're not... Is that, yeah, you got to yeah. weigh that perfect Yeah, you don't go like that. Yeah, it's and not, more like this. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And again, yeah. like if you were to extend it like that, you'd be dropping the hip. So it's more projecting. Yeah. High. But the, the outcome you want is to feel an extension. extension. Yeah. It's so funny because that's that's probably the most recent thing 
with uh, like coach because they're coaching online, mm-hmm. right, and creating videos online to help you with this. That's where I've come up with I'm like, wow, like all these other things are going well, but I haven't told people about extension and everyone is doing these things, but, le- but their outside leg stays bent. Or gets shorter. Or gets shorter, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, they're, and, and they're no, there's no strength and they can't really develop more like progressive edge angle. and Yeah. So that's really extent, extension. Sloper drill is an extension drill. It is, yeah. How, where did it get like – I would I honestly, I, I have like – 20 drills that are slopey drills, but they're all totally different in here. So here. what, okay, t- so, what's your top three drills? If you were like, okay, I, I need to race Bodie Miller again. I want to kick his ass. Well, yeah, he, he had no chance today. <laughs> 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 what would be the top three drills you would do to get yourself back, like feeling good? Um, well, I'm going to give you the top three drills in my mind for anybody. Yeah. yeah. Especially like if you look for me, I'm always thinking like future for US skiers, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do US skiers need to do more of? Yeah. Because it works for everybody. Yeah. Number one drill. Yeah. One ski. Yeah. We were just talking about We were just talking about it today. One ski drill does everything. So how about that? Eric Schlopey saying the number one drill, if you want to get good at skiing, is take one ski off and ski on one ski. And my co-coach Sam and I couldn't agree more with this sentence. I mean, if you really want to find the flaws in your skiing, your balance, your edging, timing, all that sort of stuff, one ski skiing will bring that all to the forefront and you will really learn how to build things up from the basics. And if you're interested in learning how to do the one ski skiing drill, my co-coach Sam teaches Emma, a real-life student, how to do the drill on bigpictureskiing.com. You just need to go to the video library and search advanced carving and you'll see a series and then one of the steps he teaches her this drill the ins and outs of it and you see her skiing get rapidly better she comments how much easier it is to feel and notice what's going on on both ski if you're serious about stepping up your skiing skills listen up i've been working closely with the carve team for over four years and they've just unveiled a groundbreaking feature active coaching mode And here's the lowdown. Launch it at the top of your run and go through a quick calibration with 10 turns. And it sets a baseline just below your current skill level. From there, every turn is a challenge, adapting on the fly to your skill, terrain, and conditions. No fluff, just a gamified experience pushing you to ski better every turn. It does this by using a super thin insole lined with small pressure sensors and motion detectors. It's like having a personal coach analyzing your every move. And here's the sweet part. If you hit a hot streak with excellent form and you're in for double or triple points, it's addictive, rewarding. Like I said, it's a very gamified experience and it transforms every run into a step towards better skiing. If you're intrigued, and you should be, check out Carve and dive into active coaching mode. Just Google Get Carve to find out more and as a bonus, enter code GELLY15 to take 15% off. It's amazing. I've heard from the Carve team that now nearly over a third of the users are using active coaching mode when they go out and ski with it. So why not give it a try yourself? Yeah. Like take one ski off, right? Take one ski yeah. off, leave it at the yeah. bottom. Yep. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Have someone carry it for yeah. you. But start on like, you know, easy terrain, move up. And, and get to the point where you can carve turns on one ski and you could put a piece of paper on the video and you couldn't tell that person was, was on, on one ski. ski. 
Yeah. Because totally first of all, you can't you can't execute it unless you're right on the front of the boot. Yeah. Can't lean in. Yep. You actually have to have snow contact. Mm -hmm. It makes you have a solid upper body. Yep. So, I mean, honestly, like one ski is... You'll find out all your dark demon problems. Yeah, right away. Yeah, yeah, very good. And, you know, and it takes people... I mean, some people will never master it, but like a junior skier, we go on first time and, you know, Bunny Hill until I see a kid... I'm just going to say my son. Yep. (laughs) Until he can carve. And then we'll go up and try it on a little bit harder train. In the beginning, won't be carving, but then... Carving, it slowly, gets to, slowly, yeah, yeah. slowly get to the point where, like, even on the World Cup, I do one ski drill and try and make perfect carves down like a blacktop. Yeah. So, yeah. To me, the one ski drill is the mask. That's the king. Yeah. That's the king of drills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other drills that I really like are um, uh, the slopey drill. To me, is a good drill, but you actually have to be very advanced. Yeah, it's for when you get to the point where you need that extension, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're carving. Yeah. Yeah. You're carving and you should do it on like easy to medium terrain. Um, and yeah. I, I don't even introduce that one until somebody's like a, a pretty strong racer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but one that I really like is um, edgy wedgies. Yeah. So basically snow plowing. Yeah. And you're just going back and forth. Yeah. To the outside ski <laughs> and, and, you can, and you can feel it engage. Like a crab walk. Well, crab walks are, a little, in my mind, yeah. crab walks are on a fire road, yeah. like a cat, the cat track. track yeah. And you lift your leg up and you just put the ski down. Oh, which is a different to carve. thing. Okay. So it goes from carve to carve. So when okay. you put it down, it's already like on the engaging edge. the yeah. side. The one you're talking about, right, is like skidded, is, yeah, too hard. Yeah. yeah. And you really feel that like, dish, dish, like. Yeah. But, but yeah. contrary to like a really hard edge, I want to see somebody be able to get early pressure and yeah. even pressure. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so you're, you can see so people do edge the edge. wedges and it, they would jam it if their pressure is late. Yeah. Okay. So I want to see people actually get, understand to be able to, to get the ski to engage above, above the apex. Yeah. Above, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then build into the apex and then build into the apex. And yeah. it's okay to, Smear the turns a little bit. They don't have to be carbs. Yeah. So it's just where the pressure is. Okay. And I tried this drill actually with uh, Iceman. Yeah. The group I had yeah. one day. Nobody could do it. Yeah. They were all like, "What? What? I don't. I don't get this. How are you doing that?" And I'm like, "It's just a snowplow." But you have to understand that, like, here's the timing of the pressure. Yeah. 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 Um, did you persist? And did they kind of get it? Well, they loved it because all of a sudden. These guys were like, oh, oh, wait a second. We're missing something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a yeah. really easy thing to, to do. Yeah. One ski is tougher because you need someone to carry it or leave it at the bottom. And yeah. people can be self-conscious about yeah. it. Edgy wedges, you can just do kind of anywhere on your own. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. Uh, I would typically warm up, even on a World Cup, like racing World Cup, I'd warm up my first run edgy, edgy wedges. wedges. Yeah. yeah. And then just slowly go into turns. Love it. Um, That's so cool. So, and then honestly, I I spent. What about? Can I ask? Like upper body discipline, like pole drift. Like, yeah, what do you think about? that one's that one's interesting. I did that a lot of, as a kid. Yeah. Um, I think um, some people can get really stagnant with that. Yeah. Because 
even though you know you want your leg to extend, your body kind of works in harmony. Yeah, with your your upper body works in harmony with your legs, and so there is movement there to yep. really like like kind of so there's sync like those movements. There's maybe a point where it's like you're not flailing, you you quieten it down. Yeah, and then you can maybe work in the harmony. Yeah, that sync. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so like I mean, if I sorry to interrupt, but like like Alice Robinson, wouldn't you say she's really got that she's doing nicely. something that she's trying something, in my opinion. Yeah. She's a very extreme. She's trying to get that like square. Like a running. Like, whoa. Yeah. And she's like punches up into the air to try and get her ski to come through and square up. Yeah. I think she needs to calm that down. Okay. And do that in the right places. Mm-hmm. When she's on. Yeah. She's the most dynamic. Yeah. Skier out there. Yeah. But she's. Like overdoing, overdoing it. it. If she can just like pick her spots on the course when she uses that, like fist probably that, less steep, right? Like yeah, less you want steep, to generate, yeah. and you know maybe a little less aggressive with that movement. Yeah, because that movement is making it hard for her to keep snow contact. So she'll fly off the snow, yeah. lose five feet of line, and yeah. then all of a sudden she's way behind. Yeah, and but I do love the way she skis when she's on. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um. And it looked to me like her setup wasn't right in in China. Yeah, yeah. So on that, what do you what do you think? Do you have an opinion on why so many people blew out? Yeah, because they're because they'd never skied on that kind of snow. artificial snow in China, mm-hmm. and not all artificial snow is made equally. Yeah, you've got pH levels, you've got humidity, you've got temperatures, you've got I mean, yeah. all those yeah. mixed together. And for the most part, in Scandinavia, in the U.S. and Europe, the man-made snow kind of, you know, they all—they're all a little bit different. different. Yeah, but we we know all three fields to the, those three regions. But China, no, like we no, didn't have yeah, no didn't have trained. a test event. Yeah, you know, they just they were so just not you. They're doing what they usually do on other snow that works. Yeah. They're doing it here, and, and it just it doesn't wasn't work. Working. Just not so working. who knows so, yeah. what does because. There just yeah. hasn't been enough world class skiers testing stuff out. What did you think? Did you like? Did you think? His, I thought Sarah Hector's run was pretty. Oh yeah, unbelievable, insane. Yeah. How yeah. would you describe if someone's like, why? Why was she better than say like even number ten or or even Federica? Like, well, I think. I mean, honestly, I think um, in China it was it all came down to who could figure out the snow fastest. Okay, you got ten, ten or fifteen people who could win that race. Yeah, and. You know, three of them really figured out the snow yep. quickly yep. or by luck, who knows. Um, and the other 12 looked like, they, you know, they were way off their their, their mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Same, with the, same with the guys. Have um, you skied in China? I haven't. I've heard a friend, a friend, couple of friends have gone over one guy who's like a junior on the Australian team, and he said it is very tiring, like it is – hard but extremely grippy yeah and so like to me it looked like like these people had this kind of false confidence of like whoa this is really grippy i can just go way in and then there's this point then and, it, and then they did yeah. they all slid out on their side i mean you saw um yeah. uh, odermott in the super g i mean he he almost like totally ate shit yeah and he pulled it off and he he was yeah. fine yeah. but you saw him like come around the turn and all of a sudden it just grabbed and he almost he almost went high side yeah, yeah, yeah. into the fences. Um, he made a great recovery, but yeah, you could see that it just the, their setups weren't comfortable for them. 
yeah. at least the majority of the yeah. racers. What was like the biggest, like, do you recall one of the biggest breakthroughs in your skiing? Like, you, you ski, like maybe it was like junior or something. You're like, yeah. and then someone said, hey, you know what you're forgetting is, or why don't you try this? Or Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, long period of time there. So, 18 years on the World Cup, but started racing when I was like four. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was <laughs> really racing when I was like nine or 10. But the one that stands out, like just like right right now, yeah, um, was second World Cup stint. Um, we were training at Hintertooks, and the coaches set what's called an apex drill. So two GS panels, two GS panels, two GS panels. So they're you know two GS panels down the fall line. line. Yeah, and the key is is that you you have to look at it the apex in the middle of those two. Yeah, like the gate is actually in the middle of the two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you so it was really good for understanding the line, mm-hmm. but it was on easy terrain. So I could pretty much tuck turn everything. And when I was tuck turning in the apex drill is when I realized that I could actually focus on my extension. Mm-hmm. So I was in my tuck. Yep. Took my upper body out of it. Yep. Not a low tuck, a high tuck. Yeah. But I was really feeling my ski, feeling my skis and feeling that extension through the apex. And all of a sudden. So the, timing wise, let's just check this. The timing wise, the extension is. So if we've got the two panels, the, the high panel and the lower panel. Yeah. Where was the extension you're feeling it start? Well, easiest to draw it out, but let's yeah. just say you've got the rise line. Yeah, the right. Yeah. So I'm transferring to the new ski. Yep. And I've got flexion in my leg. Yep. So you're not extended and, yet. Yep. So yep. I'm not extended yet, but a flexion. A lot of yep. people start the term with too much extension. extension. Yeah. So they have nowhere to go but down. Yeah. And I'm yep. getting smaller. Yep. So I'm, I'm flexed. Like, I'm like flexed up and then right. Right after my edge, I create that platform. I'm extending through the turn. Yep. Extension still starts. Above the fall. Still above the fall yeah. line. Yeah. And that extension starts. And did you feel like it kind of went, it wasn't like extend, done. No, it was, it was the, like extend the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. And then compression yeah. to start the next turn. Yeah. So, um, what do they call it? Like the French term. Yeah, avalement. Avalement. Yeah. And yeah, you really felt that. Swallow. Yeah. So you like extending and then swallowing and then yeah. starting it over again. Yeah. And in, in, so I was in Canada for all of January. And that's one drill we uh, learn to teach, like to help people carve better in Australia is like the extension and traction drill. And you yeah. really exaggerate it. Yeah. And I went back and I was teaching some people about it and I had some epiphanies of, of it. And straight after doing like three days of it, skied this black pitch and someone videoed it. And I definitely felt and can see that like the best long turns I've made. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was, and I like, it's so funny you talking about the extension thing. That's the, like the biggest thing I've felt and I am really trying to refine and work on. And it's hard, right? It's like a tight, like sometimes you get it oh, right in the timing time. yeah. and yeah, you gotta be yeah. in sync with the fall line. Yeah, yeah, and you've yeah. and you've got to be also like dropping as you're extending. Like some people like you extend, but you're not increasing edge angle. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like this kind of feeling of Yeah. But that's just yeah, interesting. So you felt that. Yeah. And and in the tuck was almost easier because you 
didn't feel like your arms yeah, were locked out. Yeah, simplified it. Yeah. So all of a sudden it just became from my, my torso down feeling that. Yeah. And, and so, you know, again, with my son, a lot of times we'll, I'll just be like, Hey, just get in your t- high tuck. Yeah. And I want to see what your feet and your, your legs are mm-hmm. doing. Take everything out of it except yeah. for your, what your legs are doing. And so you did that. And then did you start getting the results too? Yeah. Pretty- so that was the season where, so I ended up, you know, third, third in the world cup standings that uh that year no way um and that so that was part of that breakthrough and so say like say you get so you that you can do that think about that in training but in a world cup like are you are you actually thinking like at the top you go remember like try and feel the extension or or like no i mean world cup i mean you you don't go full autopilot but yeah I mean, you you have what you have, but I would have. I'd actually write down on a three by five card, two focus points, and then I would consider the uh, even a World Cup. I consider it training in a race environment. So yeah, like you know, I'm I'm just training. Yep, just trying to get better. Yep, and it's in a race environment. I have a bib on. There's people here, but yeah, um, yeah. but I'm going to simplify today. It's not going to be like a discovery session. Yeah. But it's going to be very simple, two two focus points, and uh, and so I'd actually keep that with me, like in my suit or mm-hmm. my helmet. Mm-hmm. And then if I got nervous, I, you know, straight it out. Like, but start to feel like I was wandering a little yeah. bit with my mind. I'd just pull it out and be yeah. like, "Yeah, it's easy. It's easy. Yeah, just two two points." Are you are you good at other sports too? Um, it's okay to be to be you know on yourself I, like like do you like if, if you I think skiers in general yeah per, my personal Person, opinion yeah. good skiers yeah well you skiers. take you take the world cup okay world yep. cup skiers i think we're i think world cup skiers are the most versatile athletes in the world yeah and, and there's some there is some fact to back that up if you so the remember the superstars competition yeah, yeah. so you'd have guys from football and hockey and basketball boxers you know, all these amazing athletes and yeah. you'd have skiers. Yeah. And then they would do this event, like over 10 events, you'd have like sprinting, weightlifting, rock climbing, kayaking, uh, biking. Every time a skier was in there, they would win. Yeah. Okay. And so well, like, and if there were two skiers, they'd be first and second. So like Her- <laughs> Herman Meyer and Bodie Miller yeah. battling out to win the superstars. But in the meantime, you had NFL All Pros, NBA All Pros, NHL All Pros. Yeah. So you had, you know, every time a ski, Ingemar Stenmark won it, the Mayors won it, but yeah. Miller won it. Um, and so, you know, and I think, yeah, I think yeah, ski that's racers pretty interesting. are versatile, and, yeah. and and I would put myself in that. So like growing up, versatile. Uh, did you did you have did your parents give you versatility in terms of like you weren't just skiing all the time. Were you oh doing, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, you so played tennis, and I played tennis. I yeah. um, I played soccer. I skateboarded. I BMX raced. Yeah. Um, I did track and field in high school just for fun, but still yep. did it. Um, you know. Um, now you know, mountain biking comes naturally. Uh, hockey picked up hockey when I was forty. That you know was pretty natural with yep. the edge angles and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And 
you know, I can surf pretty well. Yeah. I can water ski. Yeah. Um, you know, all I think at a at a good level. Yeah. Um Do you remember any of those sports you like you kind of like maybe in a summertime you made a breakthrough in that sport and you went, Oh, you know what? I reckon that could I could apply that to skiing. Did that ever mm-hmm. happen? Honestly, the only sport that I felt like I wish I did more up when I was a kid was hockey. Yeah. Because the generation of speed is the same. Yeah. You have to extend. I tell yep. people, pretend you're on ice skates. Yeah. How are you going to go forward on skates? Yeah. You can't go, you can't go like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have, have to, to extend. You have to extend. And you have to put the ski in the speed right place. Skaters, so watch extend, how much they, like, they load up and they extend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wish I had more exposure to hockey as a mm-hmm. kid or at least skating in general. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, I think it was more, I just enjoyed doing as many different sports as I could, yeah. as long as they weren't. Uh, Have you taken that with endurance your endurance sports with your son? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, he's played, he's played everything. Um, I've tried to get him to play more. Yeah. And, um, he's a little, a little hesitant, but he's got great balance. Like he can pick stuff up. Yeah. Um, actually the other, the other, sport which translates really well is motocross so you look at like the mayors darren rolves they were like incredible motocross riders line balance yeah yeah you're sure same thing yeah yeah so it just translates and so actually not because of this but because i actually like to ride motocross um my son and I, we got motocross bikes, so we're going to do that this summer. Cool. Just it's for the adventure, yeah. and, you know, just getting out on trails. But I also am like, this is going to be good for you. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's all about yeah. balance and line, and yeah, you know. So, and how's he? How's he going? Like, how do you see his progression? He's and, doing. He's doing awesome. Slalom is great. Um, do you look at him and like? Are there things you see that he's maybe? Like, really, you're like, yes. Yeah, when he skis slalom. Yeah. I mean, he's 14. Yeah. Um, but when he skis slalom, I'm like, I actually wish I had skied slalom like that. I mean, yeah. I, had, I had top five World Cup slaloms. Yeah. But you but like the way his he style skis and... is the way I wish I could ski. Yeah. What, what is it in that? What do you say? The way he stands. Yeah. And he's just, he's just tall and strong and on the gate. Yeah. And it's just, it, it like, consistent. Yeah. You know, again, he's 14. He's grown a foot. He's six feet tall. He, he's grown Really? He's grown a foot in the last year and a half. Wow. So he, I think it's that's like a, a challenge. Ben has and yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think he's, you know, it's just based on me. Okay. Yeah. His mom, he's not going to be six, seven, but, yeah. but in my mind, maybe he's got another couple inches to grow. Yeah. But that's good because now, he can catch up to a center of mass. Yeah. yeah. His center of mass right now is so far off of where it was. Yeah, right. That it's confusing. Him. Figure it out, yeah. And especially in Giants Long. So Super G, he's you can see he's got the time and, and he, he can figure that out in Slong. Same thing. You yeah. don't have time, but it, yeah. the way the center of mass works, GS is where he's struggling, I think, because of the center of mass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's 130 pounds. So... He's as he gets muscle mass on, yeah, that, he'll yeah. be able to just get so much more force in the ski. But and how much do you feel like you're in 
like has he got a coach or are you his coach? No, he's got a great coach, um, Chris Brigham, who was actually one of my coaches on the ski team. Oh. So he coached the U.S. ski team for 15 plus, maybe 20 years. But how about like, because like people get to this point, right? And to get to that point, like how much do you feel like, did you guys do a lot of free skiing when he was younger? Like when he's like six, yeah. Seven, well, he got eight, a late nine. start, so he okay. he just last year committed to ski racing. Before then, he was only ever part time. Yeah, and we actually even had one year we lived in Spain. He only skied five days the whole year. Um, so yes, now when I get the ability to or have the opportunity to ski with him, we go free skiing just because I want him to ski the mountain. I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Eric. I found this so fascinating. Like, in fact, that evening, I only slept two and a half hours because I was just so wired from all the information and ideas running through my head from chatting with Eric. Now, on that topic, if you haven't checked out my website, bigpictureskiing.com, I invite you to go over there and have a look. There's a seven-day free trial. I've got hundreds of videos on all sorts of different topics, biomechanics, short turns, moguls, carving, everything conditioning, off-season training, all that sort of stuff. And I basically download every bit of information I get through these experiences, training, uh, opportunities to chat with some of the world's best so I can help pass that on to you so you can also improve and feel your skiing, keep getting better year after year. So let's get back to the chat with Eric. We're just actually talking now about one ski skiing again and the fact that Eric does this at the start of every season? Oh, I do it. Um, I do it every year. Oh, you do? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, because if I if I do it with kids or a group of kids, yeah, then I do it. Because I actually do it want to show them. A, do you do it at Paxi or D Valley? Mm, where, wherever. What sort of terrain usually? With I mean, if I'm with kids and they're starting just to start beginner, it, then beginner, beginner, right? But yeah, wherever we are, and then I'll show them the progression of like, um, you know, with the terrain. But then you go back to the easy terrain and you no poles. Yep. So then you get rid of your poles. Yep. And, and then you can unbuckle your boots. Yeah. You just so, keep adding layers. Yeah. Yeah. And actually that's a that's another drill, is just skiing with your boots unbuckled. Yeah. Totally Be- agree. Because with that. if you're in the sweet spot You don't need your boots. Ski- yeah, you don't need them. Yeah. It's just straight down through yeah. your through your ankle and yep. your foot. And um so you know, sometimes all people unbuckle their boots and it's got to be like once you get into like choppy terrain or something, you kind of do need your boots. Yeah. You're constantly adjusting. But yeah. Yeah. Um, it was pretty smooth. Pretty yeah. Smooth terrain. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you should be able to make like perfect arcs with your boots unbuckled. So like of the, like you ski today, do you still like think about your skiing? Oh, yeah. Like you. I once love, I love skiing. Okay. Like today, what were you thinking about? Well, today was like off piece stuff, and um, but, but even so, like in the off piece, like what what like helped or like you're like, oh yeah, if I do this, that's actually just... the the album, huh? Yeah, okay, extension, so, retraction. Yeah, yeah, but but it's not like there's not so much time to build up that like GS turn feel, sure. but like really like finishing the turn in in mogul like powder moguls. Yep, and actually like really coming Sucking back to the, the front of my boot. Yeah, and like being quick, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that's what I was thinking about today. Yeah, but if I'm out there carving, like you know, just ripping groomers, yeah, then I then I'm like, I really want to make perfect GS turns. 
you know, be like, oh yeah, I, that's as good as I could have made it. Yep. Back in the day. World Cup. Yep. You know, With, obviously I'm not as nearly as strong or, you know, and when you, that, but when you make a turn, do you feel you're pretty much entirely on your outside ski? I mean, it depends on the terrain. Uh-huh. The steeper it is, yes. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, yes. Yeah. That inside ski's on the ground. Sure, yeah, yeah. Tracking. Yeah, yeah. you're feeling it, you're yeah. controlling it. Yeah. But all like... like Structures all to the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like I was just today, was riding up the lift and telling someone about that. Like, you know, you just have to be like just 100% on your outside ski. And like we're running up the lift and I'm like, look, that person's not, that person's not, that person. It was like an intermediate area of the <laughs> yeah. That person's not. This, we didn't see one person... Actually, don't like yeah. like even close to it. Yeah, and they're all just skidding everywhere, and so that's actually another drill that's really good. It's such an old school, simple drill. Just lift the inside, lift ski. the inside ski. Yeah, and it actually makes you complete the turn. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people they don't complete the turn. No, totally right. They yeah, they so put the inside ski down right when you should be really on the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or they just let the let the they straighten out the skis. Yeah, they don't. And this is something like for my son. Yeah, he's in gates and he's not getting all the juice out of all the energy he can out of the ski. Yeah, he lets he completes Why the, the turn. Juice is coming. Yeah, yeah, and then he lets off, and then the dead zone. Yeah, in between transi- tra- transition edges. Yeah. yeah, becomes really long, uh, and he'll start the turn because he has nothing else to do. So he'll yeah. start the turn. And then instinctively, he knows that he's going to put his body through the panel. Right. Then he's then got to skid it sideways. Skid it sideways now, yeah. and now he knows he's going to put his head through the panel. <laughs> <laughs> so then, actually, the skis correct back. Yeah. And then he goes down, and then he has to hammer so all hot. below the gate. Yeah. And then it just turns into this like choppy, like low pressure. Yeah. And then, then he's low, like yeah, and you've got no pressure momentum <laughs> to take the next. Time. Yeah, that's not gonna play. Part there. of the so you were like seeing that you'd yep. be like, right? Yeah, like you you could literally <laughs> just do one ski like that outside ski, lift the inside so ski. The drill is lift the outside ski till inside ski. Sorry, yeah, yeah, and lift the inside ski till yep. the, the turn. You feel all the juice out of the ski, and then you put then, the new one down. Lift the, the inside up. And yeah, do the same thing. Oh, yeah, I've seen Michaela do that drill. Yeah, it's so it's such an old school drill. Yeah, but um, like. But it, for a good reason. Yes. Yeah. Because it still just works. makes your skiing better. Yeah. yeah. You do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. But yeah, I have, a, I mean, other like just fun play around drills because my other concept is you have to be the best possible athlete you can be on your ski. So like jumping, jumping like jumping, like just do it. Yeah. yeah pushing the limits around. around. Yeah. Glenn Plake's favorite um, um, drill is called the Charleston. Where you're like the way you like lift your skis. Mm-hmm. I'd have to sh- like. No, I know the Charleston. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like and that's just it. It's just be a better athlete. Yeah, yeah. on your skis. Yeah, um, yeah. Hop turns down the steepest thing you can find. How many hop turns can you do in in yeah, sh- that area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Short space. Do lots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and then I mean, when I was little in Buffalo, we did a lot of hop turns, and uh, you know at. 10 years old, I, if it was a relatively easy slope, I could actually do hop turns up the hill. So I actually that's a drill. That's a drill I think that's actually pr- pretty important. Yeah. I remember showing that 
or just being in a snowplow on a really gentle slope and can you like 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 jump Back. Up backwards up the hill off the edge, yeah. right? Because then you're in alignment to be able to really be strong to deal with pressure trying to push you down the hill yep. so you can deflect. And same concept is um, is actually no poles skating uphill. Same thing as like speed. Not skating backwards, skating up. Yes, yeah, like yeah, literally yeah, yeah. just pointing your skis up the hill. hill. Yep. And it's not a steep hill. But skate you know, up it. Like if I was a coach, a junior coach, at the end of every practice – I would have everybody I'd have a relay race up and around a, a gate yeah. that's 20 yards or 50 yards up the hill and just be like, go. And then, you know, up, 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 and then around the gate. And then, and then you skate down, tag off, you know, even silly stuff like playing foot, you know, snow football with skis, with skis on. Yeah. In a field. Yeah. In a field. Yeah. And as you just get comfortable yeah. actually creating energy with this equipment, a big long piece of wood on your foot. Yeah. 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 And like hopping around and this and that. Like I literally would just be like, let's groom out this field. We'll make two goals and we're going to play rugby or football. On skis. Yeah. Touch. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Um, on skis, no poles, five, five on five. And you guys are going to go for half an hour yeah. and. It just kind of does a little of everything for him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sometimes I skate. We live down in Ranch Place, so we skate ski along those trails. Yeah. And I noticed that that helps my skiing, you know, my downhill skiing. Oh, yeah. Back to it. Yeah. yeah I, I'm, I'm not a, a great endurance athlete, but I can go with somebody who's a great endurance athlete on Nordic skis. And if they're not a great Nordic skier, yeah. I, I, can, I can easily keep yeah. up or go faster yeah. because of the efficiency of that. Yeah. of Using the ski. Using the ski and yeah. the energy from that. No yeah. problem. So I always feel better when I come to our skiing. Yeah. yeah. If I go running, I, I don't feel good. <laughs> you need <me. laughs> Or close to 50. Yeah. So what's your favorite, like, say you're skiing groomers, do you, what's your favorite sort of ski? Do you like? Do you like a GS ski still? Because that was sort of your discipline. No, do, I mean, do you like a here in Utah? Yeah, yeah here yeah. in Utah, no. Um, what do you like? I have. Uh, so I'm a I'm a vocal athlete. Yep. Um, so um, I have all vo- vocals. I have. Um, they made a ski a couple of years ago called the RTM. Yep. So I have an RTM 81, mm-hmm. and now I have a a Deacon Master. Yeah, I got that one. Yeah, I got the 72. Mine's 76. Yeah. And I like that somewhere around 80, 80 millimeter wide. Yep. Give or take a couple of mil- millimeters. Um, and is that because the snow is a bit softer? It's and too soft. Yeah, yeah. If I take you, a, if a, you take a 70, ski, I boot out? Boot out. Every, so I can't, I can't lay it over. Yeah, yeah. So like an 80 wide, and if it's really soft, I, I actually don't mind like an 85, 90 wide. Yeah, like your kendos. You, yeah, kendo, yeah, you can. Yeah. 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 Um, but for the most part, you know, as long as it hasn't snowed a bunch in the last three days, then that's seventy six. That's seventy six to eighty two. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can lay it over, but it, and but it, and the side cut is probably like nineteen, eighteen, nineteen yeah. meters. Yeah, nice, right? Like yeah. you've one, yeah, one eighty ish long. Yeah, you're not taking up the whole run, and you, well, yeah, yeah. Part, that's part of the problem yeah. too. Is yeah. that you know There's I don't want to freak people out. Yeah. 
So if nobody was on the trail, I'd, I would probably ski 190. Yeah, and I'd 25. Ski 60 miles an hour yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah 25 but meter radius. Yeah. With people, or if I'm <laughs> skiing with people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've got to get your thrills in a yeah, short space. I can get space. that feeling. Yeah. I can get the feeling I want without going, you know, I can go. Hey, would you, would you take the rocker out of those Deacon Masters if you could? Or do you like I mean, that? I'd like to try, I would try it. Yeah. I mean, I, that's why I was my only complaint with that one. It just felt like it got a little static. Well, they're making skis for the masses. Yeah. And yeah. We, what we're talking about is the top couple percent yeah. of all skiers mm-hmm. who f- are feeling what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so camber ski, we're going to feel more energy, yeah. be able to control it. But the other 95 to 99% of people find it easier when there's that early rocker. Yeah. 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 And the yeah. same thing they took out on their kendo. They used to have more tetanol mm-hmm. in it. So I could just yeah, that's rail GS turns on those. I know. And then they took it all out. And you can't really. And I can't anymore. Yeah. I mean, I can still do it if the snow's soft. But I understand what they're doing because they're making a ski that's really the, the, easy. The, who's buying it mostly, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Which I get. Was that that like when they had the Japanese graphics? Do you remember? And, and just after that. And just after, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my favorite one because it only had tip rocker. didn't have tail rocker. And I can remember skiing that at Revelstoke. And they've got some really long groomers down. Yeah. And, oh, my God. Oh, man. I couldn't believe it yeah, could, worked that well. Felt uh, so good making GS turns on those. And then they were really versatile. I call, you know, it was really my, that was like my Iceman ski. Yeah. I called it my corporate outing ski <laughs> because I could do anything on it. You know, I could. Yeah, I just, you know, you could show off and do it. Yeah, I could do a hip on the snow turn. And, yeah, I could yeah. do that, and I could get into powder, get in whatever I wanted. So, um, so I still actually have those for those days. But oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. 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 I wish I didn't sell mine. I should. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, like for just taking it an hour out of your time oh, yeah, to man, like I love it. chat. I, yeah. yeah, it's just good because some people can't I'm articulate it. George, you know, shoots like, me a text. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, well, you just you just articulate things really well, and you've obviously thought about it, and like because I can imagine there are people that they leave that to others to figure out. Yeah, or, I'll tell you. I mean, who who was even who was even more sciencey nerdy? Yeah or, yeah, or just just kept going with that stuff was was Bodhi. Yeah, he's very very knowledgeable with equipment. He's like a savant. Really? On, on certain levels, yeah. Um, Can you give an example of like how, like where you saw that or? Um, well, you know, he's, up, he's on the full tilt boot now. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, but then yeah. he talks about it and he talks about like where the energy, like where is the energy coming from? Where's it going to? And he just, he he really gets it. You know, he actually created the, you know, it's funny because we were both innovators. So, yeah. like, I actually was the very first person in skiing to double stack because I understood the leverage point. Double stack? Yeah. So, basically, we had our, at the time, it was called a derby flex. But so, we had a, a plate. Yeah. And then I actually put a, another set of, uh, of lifters on top of the plate. Yeah. Everyone was just on the plate. Yep. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm booting. I'm still booting. Yeah. Out. Give if me I, more if I get higher up, I'm gonna have more leverage and not yeah. boot out. So I, 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 I did that. And yep. and that week, okay. literally, I was only 19. 
but just started crushing races. Huh. And everybody saw it and did. And then they created the the height limit. So okay. everyone's always on the height limit. That's okay. Funny. But basically I, I added an extra like fifteen millimeters of lift. Wow. Before anybody did it. Yeah. And Bodie was still a teenager and he like had a fight with his coach because he wanted to double Do it. stack. Yeah. And his coach wouldn't let him and then he went and did it anyway. Yeah. So he so like he and I had this like at the time. What's that? There was no regulation on sex. No regulation. Yeah. No. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean. You so, say. you're the reason for it. <laughs> now, I'm the reason for So, do, you know, it's fun. Yeah, just side tangent on that. Also, like, uh, I've, I've talked to the guy, the inventor of the, the parabolic ski. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's. Elon or K2? Yeah, Elon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stemark was basically the first. Like, I don't think people knew that he was on. Shape skis. A shape ski. Yeah, Nobody right. knows that. Yeah. And I don't, I can't even confirm it, but I heard that basically Stenmark had like was on shape skis. Yeah. Shaped or No, they, I mean, he was like one of, he was on a lawn. He just asked them to make it. And so he had his own skis just made of a shape. But this guy, he was like, if you want to feel like what real carving is like, just put a shitload of lifters on your binding, go really high. He's Mm -hmm. like, you will not slip out. Yeah. You will just. Mm-hmm. rail and so it's interesting yeah 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 did but, you ever try that really like more than double stack no, no okay because it also became dangerous dangerous yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but Bodhi came up with a lot of stuff and i think a lot more that i don't even know about you know because yeah. a lot of the what stuff did he do with his boots did he do well he stuff? actually was the one that oh he did the, me- the malleolus punch yeah. okay so he yeah. showed me the punch um yeah. You know, he had a lot of different stuff going on. And- I heard he used to, he used to tear apart his liners. Is that true? Like, did he used to cut out a lot, of, cut some material out of liners? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, I would do it too, but only on like a hot spot. So yeah, I would actually cut the instead of grinding the boot, I'd actually just cut take the a, liner, take a, a a razor, cut the liner, and then so it's just like took crack. the pressure off. Yeah, yeah, the pressure off. Yeah. What's the shoulder you skin in now? Twenty six five. Still a twenty six Yeah, yeah. But honestly, <laughs> I and so and the way I ski it is out of the box. Yeah, I, I don't no. do anything. anything. No I way. Grind, I don't punch. I don't can't. I literally just put a yeah. three mil lifter on and go. Yeah, but your foot's pretty rigid, right? Yeah, it's pretty like like it doesn't flatten out if you're not. No, it's, yeah. I have a pretty big arch, and and also my foot beds are just stuck like. It's just whatever's in the boot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I yeah. wouldn't mind getting a, another pair of footbeds made. And also, I'd like to grind out my toe box because my, my toes are starting to punch. There you have it. A casual chat with World Cup skier Eric Schlopey. Now, I really enjoyed this interview. I hope you did as well. I got a lot out of it, particularly just the importance of doing ski drills. It was cool to hear what Schlopey thought were the top drills to be doing if you really want to master your skiing. And for me, it was the one ski skiing drill he does every season to get himself going. I mean, this is a tough drill, but he's right. If you can do this and if you can do it up to a, a black run, which I don't think many people are going to be able to do, but you are certainly going to know where exactly your balance is and how to work and edge that ski. Now, if you didn't know, Eric is now a real estate agent in Park City. And being the great guy he is, I want to give him a plug. If you're looking for a house, you're looking to move to Park City, I think you couldn't go wrong by talking with an ex-World Cup skier, Eric Schlopey, about skiing and also your new dream home. 
And finally, a plug for myself and my website, Big Picture Skiing. If you haven't checked it out, I put every single idea, video lessons, webinars, everything I've learned over my entire ski career on there. And the goal is to help you become a better skier. And people are improving all around the world. I had a great email from a lovely lady in Canada the other day saying that this was her big picture season and she's consumed, I think, every single one of my 100 or so videos and Sam, my co-coach's videos. And she got the compliment the other day from a friend who hadn't seen her saying, wow, you look like a level four instructor. And so if you can do that via using the resources, video lessons on big picture skiing, and you know you're uh, you're over the other side of the world. I think that's fantastic, and that's exactly my dream and vision with this website. So finally, I just invite you, if you haven't, to go check out BigPictureSkiing.com. I guarantee you'll find something in there that will help you, whether it's technique, equipment setup, lessons, progressions, mobility training over the summer, whatever. I I want to help you make the most out of your skiing life and really achieve your goals. Thanks and look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Big Picture Skiing Podcast.